Welcome to No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. I'm your host and executive director of No Heart Left Behind, Alicia Stickles. If we're honest, family life can be hard. Family can be our greatest blessing, but also the source of our deepest wounds. At No Heart Left Behind, we have a passion to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. So each week, we're going to have real conversations about hard issues facing families today. It is our hope that you would be equipped with practical tools based on biblical principles for when life happens and relationships get messy. In other words, how do we flesh out all those Bible verses we know when life isn't looking like we had hoped? If you're in a season of family life that feels hopeless or you have a heart to navigate the challenges of family well, but just don't know how, you're in the right spot. So whether you are driving in your car or checking off one of your honeydews, pop in those earbuds and come find hope in the heart of family life with us. Welcome to another episode of No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life. I'm your host and executive director of NHLB, Alicia Stickles. So every week we tell you that our heart is to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. And we promise you to have real and needed conversations about hard issues facing families today. Well, today I am sitting down with Jeanette Tapley, our podcast producer, as she shares her story of walking alongside her teenage son as he dealt with suicide ideations. The subject of mental health, and more specifically suicide, is obviously a mature topic, so I just wanted to give you a heads up in case little ears were in the room. If you're all good, then let's see what the Lord has for us in this powerful conversation. Welcome, friends, to another episode of No Heart Left Behind. My name is Alicia. I am your host for the podcast. And joining me today um, is a lady that is actually very much responsible for this podcast and getting it out into the podcast world. Her name is Jeanette Tapley. Um, She is our podcast producer and like all things podcast expert. <laughs> so thanks for being here with us, Jeanette. Oh, you're so welcome. I really, really, one of the cool things about my job is I get to listen to podcasts while I work mm-hmm. and I get to listen and learn. And so listening and working on your podcast has been such a gift. I like take notes. I, I just really enjoy like my job and working yeah. with you guys as, as a joy. Yeah. Um, so this is totally not what this episode is about, but I have right. to ask on a sidebar. So since you get to listen to all these different podcasts, I'm curious, do you have like a certain genre that, you know, maybe a guilty pleasure genre? <laughs> that you- <laughs> uh, a podcast in general? Or Yeah. I mean, we're diving in right off yeah. the bat. Let's yeah. get to know um, Jeanette. I really love murder podcasts, like uh-huh. the murder genre, all of that. Um, I think everybody in America this summer has listened to Scamanda. No, see, I haven't oh, even. Oh my that's gosh, I need you some need to rest. To. You okay. do. Um, so it's not a murder podcast, but it is just a lady who scammed her whole community, and it was like a church community. It's wild. So you need oh, to go wow. listen to it. Okay, I devoured it, and then I don't typically like re-listen or rewatch things. 
but I was with my husband yesterday and I was like, do you want to listen to this podcast? And so like, I was re-listening to it with him. So it's really good. So I really do love a well-told story. I guess that'd be like a story podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love listening to podcasts, uh, that just help me like be a better mom and be like more intentional. Um, I love listening to podcasts that help me learn. Like my husband just sent me, um, a chat GPT podcast or because I need to learn about chat GPT. Uh, so I just think that there's just like a really podcasts are such a gift. Like it's so wild yeah. to me that like we live in a world that we can one, we're taking in way too much content. I really believe that like we take in too much. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also love that we live in a world that we can learn just about anything by putting by pressing play on an app. Like yeah, wild. on the go, which is great for like the time period that you and I are in. Um, yes. And that's kind of what we're talking about today, like kids and raising teenagers and all that kind of stuff. But before we jump to that, um, so you are a podcast producer. You have your own uh, podcast production company and uh, you have what? two of your own podcasts, <laughs> yeah. right? Why not? I mean, why not have why two not? shows? Um, one just was fully rebranded, which is so exciting. It's my baby. Like my first, sh- my first podcast is called It's Time for Joy. It was once It's Time for Coffee, but now we are talking about like the joy and the, and sometimes the, like how it's hard to find joy sometimes. Yes. And as a Christian, And as a mom, I just never thought it would be hard. And then I found myself in a season where I was like pretty broken and pretty upset with God and couldn't find joy. And so we're kind of like leaning in on that a little bit more this, this, uh, new show, because I feel like we need to, I feel like it's, uh, it's hard fought. And I feel like we need to, we need to do the work on that. And then my other show is, uh, with the Christian parenting network, it is a moms at work podcast. So it's actually called moms at work. It's for the working mom. Nice. Uh, they, they asked like, Hey, we need a podcast for like working moms. I was like, yeah, you totally do. And they're like, no, <laughs> we want you to do this. I was like, Oh, oh. I am a working mom. I totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I get to talk to moms about work and balance and doing it all, but not doing it all. Like what can we delete? What can we delegate? How can we serve the Lord with our work and enjoy the work that we right. get to do? and serve our families um, all all at the same time. Yeah. So what would you say is like your passion behind all doing podcasts, the messages and everything behind the podcast? Yeah. I think you even wrote it. You wrote a book too. It's time for Jesus, believing the truth of who you are right where you are. So Yeah. yeah, what's, what's the heart and the passion behind all that? I think it's just to make sure that everyone knows that they have a friend. Like, Mm. like I, I can show up in your ear pods, AirPods or whatever, and be your friend and and speak to you. Um, I can't do that on a very real basis, uh, like being friends with everybody, but I feel like there's just beauty in knowing that somebody else gets it. Yeah. And that is where the passion lies. Like if I, if I could just like sit down with a friend while they fold laundry, like what a gift. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree. Like, I mean, life is meant to be done in community. And yeah. so- I think podcasting, I mean, even though it's like a virtual kind of thing, yeah, it, it gives a, a avenue to be like, feel like you're seen and heard and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So yep, that's absolutely. awesome. Yay. Um, but I also want to talk about your, your kids <laughs> and your family. Tell us a little bit yeah. because, um, I mean, that's what we have just gone through a series on um, parenting teenagers and what the challenges are, what our roles as parents are in that season and how things change and 
it can be hard and difficult because they're like grown up, but they're not. And they think they're fully grown, you know, just all the, I mean, which I know I'm preaching to the choir here, (laughs) Um, but um, that's why I'm really excited to talk to you today is because I want to hear, I mean, you have a house full of teenagers. So tell us a little bit about your, your family. Yeah. Uh, Jesse. Okay. So it starts with me and Jesse. Oh, cute. We've been married 19 years. Then we have Zeke who's 17. Ah. We have Titus who's 15 and Zoe, uh, will be 13 next month. Uh, okay. so we, we have a house full of teenagers. I say Zoe's 13, but she's like 19, you know, <laughs> girls, yeah. girls emotionally. Um, yeah. so we, we are in a house full of teens and the, our oldest turning 17 is just like, Oh my gosh. Like we have one more year of you like really living at home um until like we quote unquote launch you and i'm sure that kid's a boomerang so i'm not super worried about it um but yeah raising teens uh has has been the most humbling and refining thing i've ever done in my life um it has it has made me call my parents and apologize a couple times it's made me call (laughs) my parents and be like wait a second you said this to me but that's not that's not actually how it works Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so (laughs) And so, um, we went through, I don't know where you want me to jump in. If you want me to talk about our hard season right now, or if you want me to, uh, where do you want me to start with raising these kids? Yeah. So one of, um, you also had the element of adoption, right? And you're, yes. yes, Now are all three of your kids adopted or just Zoe? Just Zoe. So our two boys are biologically ours. And then Zoe, um, is adopted from the Congo. She's, she's, um, sweet little African girl. And she's deaf. So we also have, we are, we are also just a, uh, a picture of fun. That's yes. what would say. You, you see the tablets. <laughs> Jesse and my boys are both over six feet. Jesse's six, six. My boys are like six, one, six foot right at that time, right at that height. And then Zoe is just this beautiful African flapping her hands all over the place. So you yeah. see the tablets coming a mile away. You can't miss <laughs> us. <laughs> and, so, and I'm probably crying somewhere along the, along the path. Um, so yeah, so Zoe's adopted and with that comes trauma. I mean, I really do believe that all of us carry some sort of trauma. From, oh, absolutely. From mm-hmm. Life. Um, but yeah, she comes with some, some added trauma in her life. And then you add in the fact that her family doesn't, doesn't, um, fully speak or sign her language. So there's a lot of confusion that happens in our home. Sometimes, uh, we are definitely like a signing family. We try our best, but man, it gets, it gets difficult when that girl yeah. starts, start signing. We're like, hang on, hang on. Right. Slow down. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So she, so she carries just like a little bit of that different trauma and different, um, just moods even. And so I think when we, when, when we started talking about like a diagnosis for her, I thought like maybe it's just ADHD or maybe it's just something like simple. And when her mm-hmm. doctor said like, I think she has like a, um, unspecified mood disorder. It was like, okay, I can handle the deaf like diagnosis. Like we kind of like knew choosing her, what we were like, quote unquote, getting into. Um, but a mood disorder, I was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of asked him, I was like, can you just like say bipolar? And he's like, no, she's far too young for me to diagnose bipolar. I was like, okay, can you give me anything else? And he's like, right. for sure we have PTSD here for sure. We have this disorder. He's like, but honestly, and I, and I love a psychiatrist who's not fast to diagnose. Like that mm-hmm. was such a beautiful thing uh, where there's moments where I'm like, just slap a diagnosis on there. So I know what to study. So right. I know how to handle this. And God's like, let this girl grow. 
Like, yeah. like give her patience and give her room to like breathe. Or I'm like, I need to fix it all immediately right? <laughs> because my life is in shambles. Mm-hmm. And he was like, her doctor was just like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to diagnose her. Um, I'm going to tell you what to watch for. And I'm going to like, we are a pro medication family by the grace of God and a little pill we, we live. Um, and maybe not forever, but for this season, one hundred percent. And so, um, so yeah, we we definitely operate under that, and we love that for her. And as we learn, and as we grow, and as like I said, we give her room to learn and grow. Um, operate with with that kind of knowledge, and I and I'm thankful that she doesn't have a full diagnosis, but I'm thankful at the same time, and like the same hand to like know, okay, like we've always known we don't have like a, 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 you know, that quote unquote normal little girl, um, which FYI, no teenage girl is normal. I was about to say, is there such a thing as a normal teenage girl? And I only have boys and I like barely have one teenager. And so I wanted to ask him like, what do you think's harder teenage girls or boys in your opinion? Oh my gosh. I think for sure girls, especially as they're learning their cycles, especially as I'm learning a girl cycle. Right. I feel like boys, you can be like, and our boys are very different. Um, so one of them, we could be like, you need to stop. You're disappointing me. And yeah. that like ended it. And the other one, we'd have to like, like, sl- like not slap, but like clap and like, shut up, like stop. <laughs> and it kind of like, it jars him out of that, like that high emotional spin. But I also think that the boys, and I am not a doctor by all means, just raising three kids. Uh, the boys hormone cycle in that like crazy sense lasts much shorter than the girls. And so like, they're, they kind of like spiral for a little bit and then it kind of like, they kind of get out of it. Now the other side of that hormone cycle lasts forever, but that's okay. Yeah. We can deal with yeah. that. We can, that's all right. we can deal with that. Right. <laughs> and then it'll be their husband's job if they ever get married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those wives can deal with that. So yes. Yeah, so, so sweet. And it, yeah. So you mentioned that kind of just talking about a hard season that you're walking mm-hmm. through right now. So I don't know if you want to share a little yeah. bit of that specifically, or just in your experience, the hardest thing that you find about raising teenagers. So, yeah, I think, I think the hardest part about parenting, and I mean, I think that starts when they're probably like that early preteen to teenager is that they're forming their own voice, like mm-hmm. they're in their mind. Um, and so there, I remember our kids were coming home from camp and our camp does this really sweet thing where the coaches speak over them. And for the first time ever, I heard that my son struggled with perfectionism and he's the firstborn. Hmm. And I was like, imagine that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. And, but I, I, I meet, I immediately felt guilt. Like, have I placed this on him? And then we had a conversation where I'm like, Hey, we don't, I mean, it's a weird balance as a parent. Like you're the first, so you lead the charge. Do we want you to lead that charge really well? Yes, we do. Like you set, you set the tone, you set the example, Mm -hmm. you set it all. So, so then I'm like, I am setting you up to fail. And so we had that conversation, like you will fail. You're going to fail. I feel your dad feels you'll feel he'll feel she'll feel it's Everyone's so funny feel. yeah it's so funny you say that because I mean that is literally the com- I mean that is my firstborn too and mm-hmm. we constantly have to have that um conversation with him um and had some really sweet conversations yeah. that have really just kind of helped him understand like you know Jesus in his life like that he doesn't yeah. have to be perfect to be accepted but that is something that I mean, he struggles with so much and I, and, and it's hard as a mom is like, like you said, am I, 
am I demanding too much of you? (laughs) Like, is this my fault? I know. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and that's like my, my like red flag as a parent is like, it's all my fault. I've messed Mm -hmm. up. And I know I get that from my mom, which I hate it when my mom does that. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, check yourself, check yourself. Um, so he really struggled with perfectionism and, and it almost started, it started. So that was like early on. And then as he got, as he started driving, honestly, um, we were just seeing this like flare of disobedience and we were like, get your act together, you know, like, like parenting Mm -hmm. like, this is what you have to do. And then all of a sudden the disobedience cracked open and it was depression. Mm. And we were like, ah, and there were so many things that we almost did as disciplinarians that had we done would have, would have like really broken him. And I'm so thankful for like God's wisdom to like, like pull us back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was wild. And I think that that was the biggest kind of eye opening where I was just like praying for him and just kind of like trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden he, he shared his heart and I was like, uh, this is depression. This isn't, yeah. this isn't just you being a unruly 16 year old kid. This is like, you've been struggling silently and you haven't spoken up and that's okay. Yeah. Like I understand speaking up is really hard. Um, and so then that started like a round of like, so what happened honestly is he um, admitted to some suicidal ideations. And so I was like, okay, so we immediately like jump in. We're like, you have, you have basically like, you have no rights right now. Like we can't like, not only can we not trust you, but we're worried for you. Yeah. So we like swoop in and start like really dealing, like you're seeing a counselor. We're seeing our doctor. He got put on medicine. Um, and then a couple other things happened where we were like, okay, we need to pull you even closer in. And so we actually pulled him from school. Mm. And so we homeschooled the last quarter of school. So he was able to really rehab his grades. Um, Cause again, we don't require perfection, but we do need you to like pass your sophomore yeah. year of high school. <laughs> like we just like, right. we need you to be credentially a, a junior in the fall. Uh-huh. And so, so we really had to like, we really had to swoop in, in an urgent way. It was, it was probably, I'm not, I'm like trying to not get emotional, but it's a fine if I do. It's okay. Um, I know. Um, but we really had to like strip everything away from him and then like slowly give things back. Um, and then as, as he got stuff back, he was still making poor choices. So it's stripping away. It's, it was just like constant back and forth with him. Um, and he's, and he's crying out saying like, I'm, I'm doing these things I don't want to do, but I find myself doing it. And I was like, that is what the Bible says. Like, this is, this is a, a battle, not a flesh and blood. And so I actually had him read the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Such a fantastic book. If you ever read it, it's about, um, it's about an older demon teaching a younger demon, like the ways to manipulate humans. It's fantastic. So good. And so he was like, I see what's happening. Like I can, I can, I can see this now. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. right. And so our biggest goal, um, really was like to, 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 I mean, we can't even heal his mind in three months, but honestly it was like, we need to get you to summer. Once you're in summer, uh, you have a different community around you. And mm-hmm. once we get to this community, they're going to feed into your life. I mean, and, and he was, he's been very open with people in his life about what he struggled with and, and what that ended up looking like and, and just everything. And I've been so proud of how brave he is with his story. Um, 
to the sense where like he sat down with his cross country coach and he's like, here's what, here's what's going on. And God bless this cross country coach. He looked at him and said, you know, that's all lies from the devil Mm. in a public school. And I was just like, God bless, like God bless this man. So it was, um, it was a season of looking at our kid and being like, you have a voice Mm. inside your head that is lying to you. And yeah. And my little voice tells me like, you are perfect mm-hmm. and there's no, nothing wrong with you. And so it was really, um, it was, it was a rough go. And at the same time, <laughs> we're getting Zoe's diagnosis of a mood disorder and she is not loving being on medicine. And she is, she is not able to control her like rages so we're like literally like battling it out with one kid the other kid we're like if you are feeling sad you're not allowed to drive and then our sweet middle is like um right anybody take me to the movie to see my girlfriend (laughs) does anybody see me yes and you know and isn't that always the poor middle middle. child is always i am Mm-hmm. I am the middle. And so one of the conversations we just had recently where he, I, we were just talking, we were talking about his testimony and this sweet little stinker will not tell me his testimony. He won't. <laughs> He's so funny about it. And so I was asking him just like a couple of questions about it. And I said, I said, um, I said something like in this past year, did you feel lonely? And he was like, yeah. Mm. And I was like, I get it because I am the middle child. And I said, here's what I always say about my parents. And I have a a fine relationship with my parents. They're good people. They're great. But what I always say is as the middle child, even as an adult, I don't need my parents. So I don't actually get my parents. Mm. Like in other seasons, my, my older and younger siblings have both needed my mom and dad. So they've gotten a lot of my mom and dad. I'm like a fully functioning adult. Both of them are as well, but right. I don't, I don't call out and need a lot. And so yeah. I don't get a lot. And so I, I told him that I said, here's where we let you down. You didn't need a lot in this season and they did. So we had to like, trust that you were going to be okay. And so now he's like, you're suffocating me. I'm like, ah, you get all of me. Like here I am. <laughs> be careful all what you it. ask for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, wow. it's, so that, that's the season we walked through from, from a mood disorder to um, suicidal ideations and depression to kind of like rehabbing us all back. And then, and then honestly, right now I was talking to another friend who had a similar year with a son of hers um, and the fear of going back to school. Like yeah. how do we manage going back to school? And honestly, our oldest, he said, uh, when we were making the decision to put him back, he said, I know what I can lose and I, and I don't want to lose it again. And yeah. so I was like, okay. So yeah. just kind of having that understanding. So that. That's been our year, Alicia. And all the while, That's... I just, you know, keep doing what I do. Keep doing what you do. Uh, I have I have so many questions. Go for um, it. First of all, I just, I think the thing that struck me the most listening to you was just um, the, the fact that your son felt safe enough to share his heart with you. Yeah. Um, and in our, in our series, we talk a lot um, just about communication. Yeah. Um, and so I think what I want to know is um, what do you feel like is the most important thing? Like when keeping those lines of communication open, especially with like such hard, you know, cause like, I think in my mind, 
is like, especially when it comes with boys is like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know what's going on inside of them. Yeah. They don't talk. No, um, they don't. And, and you really, especially with boys, you really have to work hard to, and then add the teenage element on top of that to get them to talk with you about. And yeah. so that's what struck me first was just, wow, he, I mean, you may have had to pull it out of him. I don't know, but he opened up to you and he shared his heart. So maybe talk a little bit about like what that's like in terms of communicating yeah. um, through these really hard things. Yeah. I think it honestly wasn't like, he just was like, Hey guys, I need to tell you something. Right. It was a moment of like, we had caught him in another lie mm -hmm. and he was about to get disciplined real big. And he came in and said, I need to tell you where this is all coming from. Mm. Um, and now a little bit of that is manipulation because he didn't get in trouble. Like he should have gotten in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, dealing. We're like, okay, we'll deal. We'll deal with that. Right. We're later. Not dealing with this. Um, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like that kid has had a flip phone. That kid has had his mother drive him everywhere. That kid, mm -hmm. I mean, like there's been disciplinary things, but uh, I think the biggest thing is like, especially when it came to the depression and the final, like, this is where I'm struggling. Um, our doctor who's a dear friend of ours. I always say that our doctor is a dear friend. He, um, when we were talking, he's like, I think this is depression. Um, I need you to like start naming these feelings in my brain. I see this depression in my kid's brain as like a ghoul, like kind of like the gargoyles, uh, old school. And I was like, all right, so that guy needs a name because, as because as soon as we name him and we can talk about him as like this, like gargoyle that he is, mm -hmm. uh, he loses power. Mm. So that is honestly like, so we named his depression and every once in a while I'll be like, Hey, how's, how's so-and-so doing? Like how's it? And, and because once he's like, we just kind of like minimize them. It wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like oh, you're depressed. So we have to deal with this. And we always said like, this is a season of depression. Like, this is not who you are. This is not, uh, this is a struggle and this is a battle. Um, but, but we know we win, like we will, we will yeah. win this battle. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> that was kind of how the conversations like going forward started and we are a pretty um, sarcastic and silly family. Mm -hmm. So even when he was able to start talking about his depression in a in a forward way, he started making jokes about it. And yeah. there would be times where it was like, that's too far. It's not a funny joke. Or his brother, his, there was one time when he was talking about it. Um, and uh, our middle son, Titus, was like, that's not funny. You can't say that yet. And, yeah. and Ezekiel, our oldest, was like, Okay. I'm sorry. So, so I mean enough of like this space for us to kind of like normalize it in a sense where it didn't hold the power. Cause I yeah. think if you allow it to hold the power, that's when it really shakes your family. I mean, I, I will say our family was shook. Like we were shooketh. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but once we could minimize this gargoyle and be like, okay, he has a name. We deal with him good uh, I think that's how the conversation just kind of shifted and yeah. and now we can say like okay you understand that this led to this to this and 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 for the most part I think that we we've gotten there and I think that because we've already dealt with one big thing um everything else just kind of falls underneath it and it's yeah. not as scary anymore um and I think that we all kind of have this like 
well, there's another thing like, yeah, there's another way. Let's <laughs> deal with that one now. And so I think it's just a really, it's such a blessing. And then once we've gone through one big thing with one kid, it's kind of like, all right, so now we, we just ask better questions. I think to, to answer your question fully, we ask, we try to ask good questions mm. instead of being like, how do you feel? It's like, okay. Um, are you having any of these kind of thoughts like yeah. and like listing out like suicidal ideations? Um, what do you think when, when this happens or um, this person wasn't like super nice to you? We also have full access to devices. Like we are not, uh, we are not a hiding family. We do not hide right. things. Um, and I think that that's really saved us. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, my, my other thought was what was your, like um your mental journey slash mom journey what was the lord showing you about yeah. all this because i mean this is this is i mean you hear suicide like that's terrifying as a parent yeah. and i imagine you want to rush in and fix everything and be the savior i know that's what i would do <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> so oh, yeah. i just want to hear a little bit about your heart in you know, because mental, mental issues or not, um, I think on some level, like as parents of teenagers, we would struggle through these things, these same things regardless, but that having children that have, um, these just mental illnesses, I would imagine just heightens it kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think like for the grace of God, I was already in counseling like mm-hmm. just already seeing a counselor myself, uh, probably every two weeks. And so I think it happened to where I like, I saw my counselor like the, that week, um, and was just able to be like, Oh my gosh. And in, in her say like, okay, here's, here's what you need to do to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was really, I mean, it's like putting your, putting your oxygen mask on first. Um, because it was like, yeah, I, I if I don't take care of me, I can't take care of them and I can't take care of Jesse. And so, so luckily I was already in counseling and I was already seeking that, like that help. And then it was very much like all hands on deck. Like I literally don't think we, I mean, we didn't even let him sleep in his room alone. Like Mm. we just kind of like pulled him into our bedroom. So it was, it was very much like you lose all sense of like big kidness. Like you are now a baby (laughs) again. Yeah. (laughs) And so so we had this like giant 16 year old sleeping in our bedroom because we needed to keep him safe. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's all that we could do. I mean, in, in all reality, and like, it was just a matter of like, pull close and then like, and then like slowly exhale. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's how my brain worked. Like it was like, okay, get everybody as close as we can and then we'll sift it out. Mm-hmm. And then, but then lots of like, it got to the point where I was, probably, I was probably asking too many questions where he was just like shutting down and I was like, okay, I'll pull back and, and allow you to come to me. But at the same time, it's like, if you're not coming to me, then I'll come to you. But yeah. that's a really hard thing with our kids. Uh-huh. It is. And how did like, just, I mean, I would imagine just the, the dependence on discernment and the Lord's Mm. wisdom. Like, what did you learn about all of that? And just God speaking to you, I would imagine like just even moment, my moment to take care of, you know, your child who is struggling. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah well and then back on back on like what we did like we really showed our kids our our cracks like um earlier in the year my husband had started struggling with panic attacks and so we were like showing not showing them but like like give dad a minute he's like really struggling with some anxiety like we started speaking openly about what we were struggling with so it didn't make them feel like they were broken if they were struggling yeah um and so then it just kind of became like weird 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 dinner dinner table conversation of like hey tell me what was your last panic attack like what was that triggered by never in my life did I think I'd have conversations with my kids like this like like what made you feel anxious today uh-huh. yes <laughs> so wild and so I, I think to go to like the question about the Holy Spirit and discernment um we really like I've always prayed that the Holy Spirit would would nudge me and tell me when my kids are lying to me like and I tell them that I pray that the Holy Spirit catches them mm-hmm. because sneakiness is bad behavior and so um anytime I felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit I followed it and so yeah. it, it was oftentimes it was like I don't think you're being fully honest and then like a him ha him ha and like Ugh, fine and so <laughs> like it's like just that like the Holy spirit really just like led so much. Or if if I'd be like, I want to attack, like jump on this because there was times of, there was times of like nurture, but there was also great times of frustration and like looking at our kid being like, what the heck? Like, like, yes, you are struggling in a season of depression, but this is not okay. Like you can't treat us this way. And so it was like this, like roundabout, like round and round and round. And so all of that to say it was like the Holy Spirit was like, shut your mouth and follow mm-hmm. me or jump and follow. And so it was just like, it was just a lot of like, and I feel like every season of parenting, it feels like this, where it was like, like rush and then pull back and wait and then mm-hmm. rush and pull back and wait. Um, And I feel like that is what I learned the most. I, I honestly, like it was probably a season and probably still is a season where it's like hard. It's hard for me to be in my Bible. But I've also never felt so close to the Holy Spirit. Wow. Yeah. I want to just, I want to talk about what you feel like is, like if there was, I'm thinking about the listener out there right now that maybe is going through a season like this with, you know, their teen, whether they have a mental illness or not, but just the, you're just in the trenches, like just battling for your child. Um, what are, you know, I think we can talk specifically about, you know, mental illness, but just in general, like what would your encouragements or the, or the things that you feel like are the most important when walking through season, just hard seasons in general with teenagers? Yeah. I think as hard as it is, like, don't keep bringing up what's hard. Like, for me, and actually my my son just the other day, like Mike dropped me. He's like, you're holding on to this and you need to stop. I'm good. Like, I've got this. I can handle this. And I'm like, yeah, but like, he's like, <laughs> and, and my husband's like, you don't need to have the last word. Like, listen to him. I'm like, Ugh. so I think really and truly listening to them. And so I think that there's a moment for asking the hard questions. And then honestly, like, there's so many more moments for play. Like, just... Mm finding ways to play and have fun because that's when they show you like what's going on yeah like that's where um so I mean like listen I'm a big like my Instagram is full of tips on like 
let your kids take over the auxiliary cord. Like, let them pick the music. You will be mortified by what they're listening to. It's not great. <laughs> it's not good. Um, but it also shows you a glimpse. And then I ask questions like, why? Like, what is it about this this creator or this song or whatever? And my boys nerd out on the artist. And so it's like, why? Tell me about this. And so asking questions like that, or um, it's probably not great advice, but I'm a big fan of being like, hey, who's so-and-so dating? Or um, this person, I saw that I follow a lot of their friends on on Instagram or on Be mm-hmm. Real. And so I'll be like, hey, who's so-and-so? Who's in that picture? Like, tell me about that. And so I get to hear what's going on behind the scenes of their friends' lives. Um, and then I can say like, well, Hey, well, what's that doing for your friendship? Like, what are you thinking about that? And I just, I think that that's really important because you see, as you hear their stories and as you hear how so-and-so is connecting with so-and-so and who's dating who, um, why so-and-so quit band, all of those like silly high school things, you hear what's important to them. And then you're able to go back and be like, um, like one of the big things with our son, when he was in trouble was you're in trouble and you can't hang out with this specific group of people. But if, if you want to invite these guys, like your core group of friends to do something, or they invite you to do something, you're allowed to do that. Like, so we didn't want to remove him from community. So it's like, these people are important to you. So tell me what's going on in their lives. You see what's important and you see how that's affecting them and, and everything. So I think like, just, just kind of like getting into their world. I feel like it was something my parents, um, made my world feel silly when I was young, Mm -hmm. like, like, oh, it's just high school. And while it is just high school, there's so many times where I'm like, I have to remind myself when I was in high school, this was the biggest thing I've ever walked through. Yeah. And, and it shows. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It shows that they, that they matter. Like we talk a lot yes. about that. Like with our parenting stuff is like, a, you know, foundational to whatever phase you're walking through with the kid. It's like when, when, when you try to learn their heart and the way yeah. that God created them and connect with them and send them the message that they matter by like asking those questions, yeah. like, and in playing with them, like, it seems silly, yeah. kind of like what you were saying, yeah. but like, even when you play with them and hang out, like that's, that's all part of that connection and getting yeah. to know their hearts and their world. And I feel like it creates that foundation for them to be able to open up with the hard stuff. Because yeah. they, they've gotten the message. They know they matter to you. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they matter and their people matter. Like that's yeah. the biggest thing is that like that our kids know that they matter to us and that mm-hmm. um, no matter what. And that was one of the big things when stuff was so hard. I was like, when did we make it hard for you to talk to us? And they're like, they're like, it's just so scary. Mm. And so I think you can have this like amazing open communication family we always say like, we talk about things that they're not awkward anymore. Like most of the time that's about sex stuff, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, but when did we, when did we make this hard mm-hmm. and uncomfortable? And so that, and that's a big part of why we were like, okay, well, I'm in counseling. Dad's dad would go to counseling, but he doesn't want to, but <laughs> he, yeah. has other, he, does, he does other things. And so it's just a matter of like trying to show them, like, we don't expect perfection we are all broken. And by the grace of God, we have people in our lives that help us. And so yeah. that was, that's kind of the, um, the mantra that we've walked this year. It's like, okay, well, we're yeah. all broken. And one thing I heard you say before on your Instagram, just in terms of p- parenting teenagers, it's like switching roles and I'm going to butcher it. So oh, you're going to have to correct yes. me, but just about going from something 
to discipleship. Like you're no longer, was it disciplinarian? I can't remember. It is. It's parenting is so weird, right? Because we hit all these different um, stages. Like we go from... butt wiper to right. we go from like milk to butt wiper to um to disciplinarian to discipler and mm-hmm. in that in that disciple this discipleship or disciplinary discipler i don't know the right word whatever <laughs> I know, my my discipler? my discipleship brain yeah discipler i think um, that's right when we switch into that we're also switching into like a coach mode as well like the we're obviously still parents we're obviously still that that nurturer but we are also coaching them in their next season like i said we have like my son starting his junior year of high school so we have two school years left but at the same time like we only have two school years left like like it's september now in 3 minutes it's going to be christmas right like mm-hmm. that's just how it feels like it goes so fast and so and i hate that like I hate saying it goes so fast because I'm not right. like that mom, but I am mm-hmm. that mom. I'm like, well, it we goes are. So fast. I mean, yes, I know it happens. And so we switch into that coach mode, but sometimes that coach mode is like, I demand, I demand, I demand instead of saying like, here's why here's, here's like the biblical principle behind all of this. And a great example of this is my daughter was wearing a crop top the other day. And I was like, Hey, that's not super appropriate. You need to change your clothes. She got mad at me, all that. And then she mm-hmm. said, why can I wear a bikini, but I can't wear a crop top? And I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just want to go to Torchies. I just want tacos. <laughs> like, I don't know. And I was like, here's the deal. It's the setting. It's it's the principle of like your heart. Like, I want to make sure your heart is okay here. I also want to protect your body. Um, and so we had, had that like discipleship moment as a coach where it's like, Here's why, here's like, here's specifically why I didn't like this outfit. A a swimsuit is different because of this setting. Your heart is most important to me and protecting your body. Now, am I probably wrong in my delivery? Yeah, I was probably wrong. Mm -hmm. Now go change your shirt because I do not like that shirt. (laughs) And then we'll go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's just like that disciple, the, the disciplinarian or the disciple to discipline is a really, no, disciple, discipline to discipleship. It's really mm-hmm. important. Yeah, I agree. And so I think um, the last thing that I I want to ask you is like we wrap up. I, I feel like parents, or at least I, maybe I'm alone in this, um, we tend to wear our child's behavior or their struggles as like an identity, like that it's like, and yeah. we blame ourselves and um, just yeah, put it all on us. And I, I want to know what that's like for you. And maybe like, if you struggle with that and then what your encouragement would be for someone that maybe feels the same way, like the things aren't turning out with their kids, the way they had thought, and they think they did all the right things, but you know, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's just not going the way they had thought in their head. And how do you kind of stay in a place where you don't, own all of that in a in a way that brings you down does that make sense yeah it's such a like I I wish I had a like a b equals c like I still right. struggle with that so much even even this fall as my oldest is making the decision to run this fall I'm like if you don't run I'm not a parent of an athlete mm-hmm. but that shouldn't matter to me right like what should matter is like his mental health and what what like what he chooses 
And it's so hard because the biggest thing I look at is like, what's going to matter in five years? I ask myself that all the time. What's going to matter in five years is my son being healthy, mentally, physically, and happy in whatever he has chosen to do. Mm-hmm. And that we have a relationship that is solid. And if I force him to do something that is going to hurt him mentally, like whether it's him striving or um, putting something else on him, he's not going to trust me in five years. Yeah. Like there's going to be a level of like discord or, or anything like that. And so, so I have to go back and um, oftentimes my anxiety will peak about my kids, uh, about how they're viewed or about how um, the decisions they're making. And I have to go back and find truth in that. Like, okay, yeah. I'm I'm actually grieving my identity in them. And that's not where my identity is. I am a mom. Yes. That is a big part of who God made me to be. I am a nurturer. Am I nurturing my children? Yes. Mm-hmm. Am I doing the best I can? Yeah. Have they all had food today? Probably. Like <laughs> we're if good. They're teenagers. Yes. <laughs> right. And so it's one of those things where it's just like, speaking truth to the lie that I believe is so, so important. And that's the best way I can fight that fear of who they are or what they're doing is actually reflecting on me. And Mm -hmm. the more I look at it, I've had to like really do a lot of work on this because I'll see other teens and I'm like, those guys, but I don't think of their parents, right? Right. Like I'm thinking of the student or the kid and that's even worse because I'm like, that kid's just broken. Like all these kids are just broken. Their parents are doing their best. Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I've had to like, if I'm willing to give other people grace for their kids and understand that, man, we live in a broken world and these kids are a nightmare. Yeah. Like they are, and they are facing stuff that I didn't so ever much. face. <laughs> yeah. It's ever. terrifying for sure. I know. Yes. And so it's like, okay, if I can show my friend grace, and be like solidarity, then they're looking at my kid with the same eyes. And if they're not, shame on them. Like my kid's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. great. Is he made bad choices? Yeah. But we all have. And, yeah. and and I look at a lot of my friends, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, knowing kind of what they struggled with in their teens. I mean, like, oh, we'll be fine. Like we're going to make it. So yeah. there's like lots of grace all the way around and lots of yeah. reminding myself that like, we're all going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I I have to say that I just, I feel like your kids are, you know, I know you're not perfect, but just listening to you, you know, they are blessed to have you as their mom. Um, So I want to end on happy stuff. Yeah. And what do you, what do you love? Like, what's the best thing about parenting teenagers? Oh my gosh. The best thing is also the worst thing. We stayed up <laughs> till midnight with our kids the other day, just laughing and chatting and just like enjoying them. We have the gift of creating these little people who we want to be with. Like, like my goal in my, like as a, as an adult is that my kids love Jesus, number one, but then my kids long to return home. Mm, that's whether, mine. Whether, <laughs> yes. Whether they're like in college, married, whatever. Like I want my kids to want to be near me and that's the goal. And so right now it's setting that really fun foundation of, um, Ezekiel and I watch a lot of TV together. Uh, like right now we're watching the summer I turned pretty 
and he he will watch tv with me titus pals around with me and um he's the one that like really like loves music and so like listening to music with him is my favorite and zoe and i will go get our nails done together we'll she'll let me paint her nails and we actually just had like a little disney trip together and so it's um and we get to do the girls we went shopping the other day and i was picking up clothes for her and she was telling me everything i touched was ugly it was really really frustrating <laughs> very humbling so, i was like this is so cute and she's like that's ugly i'm like oh, oh my, my gosh <laughs> and so so i think the joy that i'm finding in parenting especially teenagers right now is the foundation of fun and joy that will last forever um and it's it looks so different per kid like it's so different yeah that's awesome. Well, thank you. I just thank you so much for just being here with us and sharing your heart and your journey about some, you know, pretty intimate stuff. So I just really appreciate everything. I love you. I love this work that you're doing. Um, I'm thankful to get to share just a little bit of our story. Yeah. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. It's probably true that most of us want to navigate hard seasons of family life well. And it's also probably true that when it comes to really tough things like the topic discussed today, we simply don't know how. That's why I want to make sure you know that No Heart Left Behind offers biblically-based counseling, both virtually and in person, for anyone in need of professional support through tough seasons and issues. No Heart Left Behind's counseling looks to bring faith and counseling together. While our counselors have different certifications and utilize various methods for counseling, our team of counselors believe in the Holy Spirit's power to break the bondage of sin, heal the wounds of the heart, and provide the guidance needed in resolving personal issues. Even better, NHLB believes that healing shouldn't be hindered by finances, so we simply require a love offering or donation for our counseling services determined by each client. Counseling can be such a life-giving experience, and personally, it is one of the best decisions I have ever made for myself and my family. If you want to know more about NHLB Counseling, please check out the link in our show notes or visit our website at noheartleftbehind.com. Mm-hmm.